It is Monday, September the 14th, 2020. Let's take a quick look at the live scoreboard. Uh, Bill Belichick 1, Tom Brady 0. This and so much more on episode number 38 the Lee Tinsley episode because Kurt Schilling is a fucking raging piece of shit and season one finale episode of Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is... Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? All right. Thank you very much, Ken. Uh... Ken has been uh, the voice of the pod now uh, as we enter the the fourth month uh, of the show. Ken, who's basically a disembodied voice that I paid for through a website, <laughs> which is funny. But that, I mean, honestly, that's still the best part of the program, right? Hands down is the intro. Uh, it's amazing. And I listen to it every single time I record, and it makes me smile every single time. I love it from beginning to end. Uh, the who the hell is Dave LaPointe at the end just still... It's incredible. Um, I'd like to get... It'd be great to get him on the show. It'd be kind of cool. Talk to him about being a voiceover guy. It's going to be a hell of a job. You know? Probably, you know, I wonder I wonder if it's as fun as you might assume it would be. I guess if you're doing, you know, like full-time solid vocal work, it's probably pretty fun. But, um, you know, do, doing stupid podcast intros for 30 bucks, <laughs> probably not so fun. Uh, hey, maybe he's carved out a, a decent little uh, career for himself. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll shoot him an email or a message. <laughs> It'll be a message through that website because I don't have his email. But anyway, uh, hello. Happy Monday. What is up? Uh, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Even though you probably didn't. You didn't. Anyway. Uh, hope you all had a terrific weekend filled with fun and merriment if not i'm sorry but uh, you didn't hang out with me so uh, i'm guessing uh i'm guessing you didn't hang out with me if you're listening to the show uh, so i can't really help you there but uh good weekend can't really can't complain too much good weekend for the most part um saturday as none of you probably know, was the opening weekend for the English Premier League, which is always fun. Um, 
I was invited to the Banshee in Dorchester to watch footy with the lads, if you will. Uh, I really love that pub. Their food is excellent, and their beers are fantastic. Uh, and with the the pandemic and all the places closing, you're going to find, uh, at least for the time being, fewer of these establishments throughout the greater Boston area and throughout the country, I would imagine. Uh, but my hope is that, you know, a place like the Banshee is doing pretty well. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't packed, but it also wasn't dead by any means. It was steady for the Christ, how long we were there? Solid five or six hours or so. You know, ate, drank. Oh, just phenomenal. The beer. Let's talk about the beer real quick. You're not going to find the locally created crafties at this place. The ones that, that give some of my friends a collective heart on. Uh... But there's shit from all over the planet, which is, I find, I think that's cooler than the locally crafted shit. Now, this is not to say that I do not enjoy local craft beer. It's not the case. I just don't get a hard-on over it, like some do. <clears throat> the thing about the Banshee is, first and foremost, top of the list, they have... The best pint of Guinness in the greater Boston area. By a fucking country mile. And again, with all these places closing, I'm sure that gap is just growing by the day. But it is enjoyable. It's not as... Obviously not as good as it is in Ireland for a number of different reasons. One, it's still too cold. I just wish they could turn it down or up. Turn the temperature up a notch so it's not so damn cold. But... Rules, you know. I had a couple of beers that I hadn't had before. First was Cronenberg uh, sixteen sixty four, which is a French beer dating back to you guessed it, sixteen sixty four. Now that in and of itself is wild. That the recipe for this beer is the same as uh, you know the. I'm guessing it was a monk or somebody in 1660s France brewing beer, and it's the same fucking recipe. Crazy. But it's light. 5% alcohol. Citrusy white ale. Easy to drink. Loved it. I'll try that again. Uh, I'm not the biggest like white ale fan. Not a Not the biggest fan of citrusy white ale by any means. It's a better Blue Moon. And I'm not a big Blue Moon guy. So, I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to having it again. I also had a delightful German Pilsner. Bitburger. Another old beer that's been around. I think this one was probably mid-1800s, early 1800s. Uh, also, light and easy to drink. Not uh, not as fruity, a different fruity vibe. This is more of like a limey, whereas the Cronenberg was more of an uh, orange flavor. 
But there was a hint of like a lime in the Bitburger that I enjoyed. Nice. Uh, another light. I think this one was like 4.5%. Another light one. Dynamite beer. Certainly going to have that again. However, the star of the day, the chicken curry, which is just so fucking delicious that I wish I dreamt about it. That's how much I enjoy it. I was invited to go Friday morning, and immediately my mouth started to water thinking about that curry. It is just so fucking good. They're, the French fries at this place, they're probably frozen, but I don't know where the fuck they get them from. But they are fucking fantastic. French fries in the curry sauce. Oh. You want to talk about a fucking raging hard on. Thinking about the chicken curry right now. I might have to call a doctor if it's not gone in four hours. Ho ho ho. But basically, if you like great Irish pubs with good food, good beer, and the kind of staff that'll tell you to fuck off if you cross them, the Banshee is where you want to go. It's right on Dot Ave in Dorchester. It's awesome. I love it. That was a very long commercial for the Banshee. But that's how much I enjoy it. Anywho. Um, we had talked about the Celtics on Thursday. And then uh, again in the blog post on Friday. If you haven't read the blog posts... Check them out. Please do. And I know none of you have because I looked today and so far uh, one viewing of the blog post and it's probably mine. So check it out. It's a good read. Short. It'll take you a few minutes. Um, I liked it. But they came out Friday and they played okay. Not great. Kemba Walker, again, struggled. And my hope is that it's just the defense that Toronto played to kind of keep him in check. But that's my hope. I mean, I was yelling at the TV, pulling my fucking hair out. Too many goddamn three-pointers. And here's the thing. The game has changed so that three-pointers are the norm. The only people I want to see shooting threes... On this team, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, maybe Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown should not be shooting three-pointers. Marcus Smart has a very good... I shouldn't say very good. He has a good spot-up game. So if he gets open, he can shoot you know, from 14, 15 feet. But he's just way too streaky from three. Hold on a second. Yeah. 22. That's 23.9. Okay. So 16, 17 feet. I had to look up the distance of the three point line so that I didn't sound like a complete fucking idiot. It's 23 feet, nine inches. Where they came up with that, I'm not sure. But it's uh, stupid. I don't get it. And then I'm guessing the corners are shorter. But, you know, what, what, what can you do? 
22 feet at the corners. It just should it should just be 22 feet all around. Why the fuck not? You know? I want to see Jalen Brown take the ball to the basket 10 times a night. Because, honestly, I think he is the best at taking the ball to the basket. He's a slasher. But that position doesn't exist anymore. Guys don't do that in the NBA. All they do is shoot fucking threes. They were 7 for 38, which is just fucking gross. And they missed half their fucking free throws, which is even grosser. So it was it, it was a stressful evening. Uh, I yelled at the TV way too much. And I, you know, it's one of these things that you don't like doing it. You know you're doing it, but you do it anyway, because as if, you know, they're going to fucking hear you. They're not, but whatever. That's not the point. But look, a win is a win. Getting Miami in the conference final is going to be difficult. They can beat the team. I, 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 they're, I think they're better, and I think they're going to win. But the Heat are a very deep team. But that depth isn't exactly, you know, amazing depth. They have plenty of guys that are above replacement player quality. However slight in some cases, but the Celtics do too. VORP is a weird stat. It's more of a baseball stat. Value over replacement player. It's a little bit weirder in basketball. Please do not ask me to explain it because I won't. Mainly because I can't. Because, for example, Taco Fall had a positive VORP during the regular season and only played seven games. See what I mean? I thought he played more than that, but apparently he's only seven. Plus, he has a positive VORP in the playoffs. And has only played, I think, four minutes. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but looking at Vorp, the the Celtics have well during the playoffs. Let's do the playoffs. Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Brown have a better or equal Vorp number than Miami's best player, Jimmy Butler. That says to me, VORP is a basic stat which says who are the better, who are the best players. That's probably the easiest way to explain VORP without getting into the math. Because the math will fucking make your head spin. Honestly, what that will ultimately mean for the series? Very little, actually. But really just hoping to quantify my pick of the Celtics in the series beyond just being a fucking homer. And I ended up falling into a mess of numbers and mathematical equations that I don't really understand. So it was a long way to explain that I like the Celtics. They're a slight favorite, minus 135, and a nice prop for the Seas to win four games to two is at plus 400, which I like as well. There you go. <sighs> I burped into the microphone. God, I'm terrible at this. Man, oh, man. Um... What else? Football. Football was back, huh? Yeah, you guys like football, right? Yeah. Football. Yay. Patriots won, which was good. We talked about that in the open. Bill Belichick with an early 1-0 lead on Tom Brady, which is ultimately the biggest story of the NFL season. I don't care about anything else. Uh, the Belichick versus Brady storyline Throughout the course of this year is the single biggest story in the NFL. 
Can Brady win without Belichick? Can Belichick win without Brady? Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. It's like a, you know, it's a bad, it's like a marriage where the couple, a lot of bickering the last couple of years and they separate and you're kind of curious as to how both sides are going to react, to act, you know, is, is the, the wife cracking my knuckles is the wife, uh, going to find, um, you know, a better steady, uh, say I'm trying to find a comparison here. Um, wealthier, uh, more handsome uh, suitor. And in this case, so Brady finds the sexy team, the sexy offense with all the weapons. And is, is Bill, <laughs> is Bill, <laughs> is, the, uh, is the husband uh, going to hook up with uh, a young, comely lass uh who you know might may have some issues but ultimately is incredibly exciting boy that's the worst goddamn comparison for this whole fucking story and it's so it's so fucking dull it's a boring fucking story here's the thing okay here's and I know I've talked about this before look at this in terms of your own job, all right? You work at a place for 20 years. You don't hate your job. You don't hate the people you work with, but you just know that it's best for both sides if you go and you find something else. I think it's simple as that. People look, they, they just, the thing with sports is that they love to dive in and find all these fucking real deep meanings when, on the surface, there's nothing to it. Tom Brady just simply didn't want to be here anymore. He just didn't want to work for the Patriots anymore. You know, shit changes in your life. And in Tom's case, uh, his outside of football stuff, the TB12 nonsense, <clears throat> was growing. And improving and and being becoming uh, a bigger part of his life, and you know, as I've heard before, it's almost like a pre-retirement where look, he's going to just go to Tampa, throw the ball around, and and see what happens. I don't think he wanted to go to Tampa. I don't think that was the place where they were planning to go. I say they because his wife is intimately involved here, which is another part of this. When he started the job, he wasn't married. You know, and as he progressed through the years, uh, a handful of different relationships come and go. Uh, you know, you see things, you know, how things are in terms of uh, of the uh, your life, basically, at your job. As you age and mature, you know, now you have a wife, now you have a family, or you have a husband, whatever. Just in, in speaking in terms of this comparison here, but you just... Decide to make a change. It's very simple. It's really not that deep, folks. It's not nearly as deep as uh, sports journalists and sports radio people would like you to believe that it is. And I think the same exists on the other side, too. There's no ill will here. 
be from from uh Bill Belichick and, and the Crafts. There's no fucking way the Crafts fucking love Tom Brady. And honestly, I would imagine that once this once Belichick retires and is is sort of uh hopefully becomes a bit more open and honest, he's gonna say, Look, I, I loved having Tom Brady here. I loved him because he helped me fucking win. And so it's just a matter of uh, you just needed to separate. That's all. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yet everyone is It's just the, the enormity of it is blown out of proportion for reasons I cannot figure. I really I can't wrap my head around it because it's not that fucking deep. It's not that difficult to figure out. And then Brady goes out yesterday and looks exactly like he did last year. They're going to get better. They'll figure it out. I think once they're able to play more and practice more, I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Maybe next year. But, you know, they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. I think they go 10-6. and Because, again, the defense isn't good. And I said this the other day on the preview show that you didn't listen to. Uh, Tampa's secondary is not good. But then again, uh, I was so fucking wrong about pretty much everything this weekend. So take my take what I say with an with a boulder of salt. Ten and six, and I think the Patriots finished ten and six. I think the Patriots finished ten and six too. They looked, they looked good. What they did yesterday is is what they should have done last year. They should have ran the ball way more last year than they did. The threat of having the running quarterback obviously helps the run game. But, I mean, they could have ran the ball way more because they did play action constantly. And I think there was a stat yesterday that they ran more play action than anybody in the last five years. Which I don't know why, because they couldn't run the fucking football. This year, I mean, yesterday, no, granted, it's the Dolphins. But they ran for like 217 yards total as a team. Unheard of. And when they run for that much, they don't lose. I think Belichick's undefeated when, when they rush for more than 150 yards. Which, you know, again, would, would tell the brilliant offensive coordinator, hey, maybe we should run the ball more. But he's a fucking idiot. I'm, I'm not, I am not a Josh McDaniels guy by any stretch of the imagination. Not a fan at all. But the way that they handled Cam Newton is going to be very interesting. I think what they did yesterday is a really good start. I think it puts a lot on tape. It shows that they're going to be aggressive on the ground, which is what they need to be. Um, they can't throw. I shouldn't even say that. They don't have anyone to throw to. But I think as the year goes on, that's going to improve. I really think Nikhil Harry is going to get better. At least I hope he gets better. That fucking fumble at the end zone was ghastly. 
just awful. Like you gotta, he is a big kid. And look, it's football. You gotta fucking lower your head and and drive through the cornerback. Cover the ball. And he, I'm sure he's hearing all this shit this morning. You gotta hold on to the football. Rule number one. Which leads me to some of the other games from yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I did so poorly. I had a decent bankroll going into the day. Lost it all. I'm uh, currently up $7.74. Which is in the black, so that's a win in my book. But uh, I blew through the bankroll. Three teams that I would like to point out and give a giant complaints and observations. Fuck you, too. Uh, first, the Bengals. I had the Bengals plus three. Push. However, not trying to win the game and instead going for a field goal to tie is it's just something that blows my mind late in games. And this one in particular, you're the fucking Bengals. Why are you playing for a tie? You know, fucking go for broke. You got Joe Burrow who played okay. Like fucking let the kid let the kid do his thing and go for the fucking win. Go for it. You literally have nothing to lose. No one is expecting the Bengals to do fucking anything. If they win six games this year, it's a goddamn miracle. Go for the fucking win, dude. Instead, they fucking play for the tie, and the field goal kicker fucking shanks a ball, and they lose by three. Push. Gross. There are two more, but I've rambled for too long, and now I have to pause here. So listen to the commercial. Come back. Thanks for sticking around through the uh, commercial. It's appreciated. Uh, the second team I want to talk about, the fucking Lions. I was high on the Lions all week long. I bet that game very early. Right, the Lions minus a point and a half. Going into the fourth quarter, I'm fucking sitting pretty, aren't I? Sitting pretty. 23 to 6. The Bears are fucking Mitch Trubisky. What could go wrong? Well... <laughs> oh. You know what can go wrong? Detroit Lions football. What a gross franchise. Them and the Bengals. Two disgusting franchises. And there's a third coming up. But let's talk about the Lions, who somehow managed to let Mitch fucking Trubisky lead the Bears to three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Three in the fourth fucking quarter. The third one, it was basically uh, a 20-second a, a drive, or however long it was, and they scored. And, and, and now it's, it's 27-23. Just, uh, you know, a mind-blowing game. Detroit was missing their best receiver. Kenny Galladay was out. They still managed to have like 400 plus yards of offense. 
and still managed to lose to the fucking Bears. Now, the Lions did lose Jamie Collins, their starting uh, middle linebacker, because, of course, uh, there was a douchebag ref uh, who threw him out of the game for, for uh, you know, bumping an official. Now, what he was doing was showing the ref how, you know, how he got hit on, on the previous play. And you can clearly see in the replay, the ref, like, leans into it and then throws himself backward as if he got fucking mauled and then throws the guy out of the game. At that point, the momentum uh, swings back into Chicago's favor, even though they're still down three scores. And then they go on and win the game. Detroit gets the ball after Chicago's third touchdown, marches down the field. Rookie DeAndre Swift in the end zone. Clear uh, touchdown pass from Matthew Stafford, except Swift drops the easiest fucking pass I saw all day yesterday. Would have won the game, would have won my bet, but nope, he drops the fucking football. You want to know why? Detroit Lions football. That's why. Barry Sanders is probably some kind of like weird shaman and has cursed the franchise for not doing anything while he was the best goddamn running back ever. And he won nothing because they were in completely fucking inept group. It's gross. The last team is, is the Dallas Cowboys. Now look, uh, some of you may or may not know, but I have been a, a Cowboys fan for a very long time. And what I forgot to mention last week during the preview show is how much I disliked the hire of uh, Mike McCarthy as the new head coach. He just strikes me as a dummy for whatever reason. And he proved my assumption 100% correct last night when he chose not to kick a field goal late uh, that would have tied the game. Now, not so late, you know, it's not like there's a minute left or whatever. I think it was early fourth quarter. Decided to go for it on fourth down. They didn't get it, so they didn't get the points. Now, I've always heard that in the fourth quarter, you take the points that you can get. Unless it's, you know, dire circumstances. But you take the points, you tie the game, and you go back on defense. They lost uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, their, uh, one of their uh, starting inside linebackers. He was out, broke a collarbone, Dunzo. He's probably done for the year. They lost their uh, a backup tackle. They also lost uh, their starting tight end, Blake Jarwin. Yet somehow, they're still in it. Uh, they had the ball late, fourth quarter. Uh, Dak Prescott throws, throws a ball. Michael Gallup makes the catch. He's down at like the 17. Nope, there's a flag. Offensive pass interference, which you knew was coming at some point. 
because there was no way the NFL was going to let the Rams lose their first game in their big, shiny $5 billion monstrosity. I just wish I had thought of that before I picked them. Because I really thought that they would fucking blow that team out. I really did. Uh, They didn't look very good early. They managed to sort of clean things up as the game went on. Uh, But yeah, no good. It's not a good start. Not a good start at all. That defense needs to be better. Uh, The offense needs to be better. Same thing with the Cowboys that I would say uh, about the Patriots, how much I dislike the offensive play caller. Uh, Kellen Moore, who was a shitty quarterback, and now he's an equally shitty offensive coordinator. I think he's like 22, and he's calling plays for the fucking Cowboys. Don't like his play calls at all. Not a fan. They need to be better. It's plain and simple. So, yeah, those those are the three things that pissed me off. There was, I mean, the Colts losing to Jacksonville. Unfortunately, Jackie Padley Jr. called that one. You know, my guess is that he fucking just pulled it out of a hat thinking that Jacksonville is somehow good. They're not. I don't care what they did yesterday. That might be their only win all year. They stink. They're trying to fucking lose. If they happen to win, let's say they go 2-1 and one to start the year. The quarterback's going to magically get hurt. Uh, I've already said that DJ Shark is going to magically get hurt. They're not going to to finish outside of the top two or three picks because their whole fucking goal, stated or otherwise, is to tank for Trevor. I don't get it, but whatever. Frustrating day for gamblers yesterday, so... Um, with that, it is Monday. It is time for three gripes. I really only have two, but, you know, it's three gripes. Gripe number one, cigarette smokers. Yesterday, um, home opener for the Pats. We couldn't go, obviously, because of the raging global pandemic. And the, uh, the Commonwealth has stated that uh, they can't hold uh, events of that many people. So, so be it. We have to find an alternative. So we decided we were going to uh, tailgate and watch the game uh, outside at my brother's place. It's a good setup. Uh, he invited some other folks over, which was, uh, which was nice. But at one point yesterday... As I said, I'm sitting outside watching the game, and there were a couple of smokers sitting to my left. The wind, slight wind, blowing to the left. Um, But these people did not feel the need to move while the smoke was clearly blowing right into my face. Now, look, I was being a stubborn asshole here and just did not get up. Why? Because I knew that if I got up, I would get the, oh, geez, oh, I'm sorry. Is it blowing in your face? Oh, I'm sorry. Which is the typical smoker's response. I should no longer be appalled at the complete lack of decorum from smokers anymore because this is how it's always been. 
you say something and it's, uh, oh, I can do what I want, or uh, it's an addiction, man, I can't quit, blah, 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 blah. That's what you hear all the time from these people. It's a fucking gross, expensive habit with zero redeeming qualities. The only reason, and I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of this, the only reason that so many people still smoke is because um, in the 30s and 40s, the fucking tobacco industry had such a goddamn headlock on advertising and uh, in the government. And I mean, it was astonishing. Why do you think marijuana is so uh, uh, stigmatized in this country? It's not because it's bad for you. It's because the cigarette industry was growing a shit ton of tobacco uh, and, and they wanted they didn't want to grow marijuana because it's harder to grow, harder to cultivate. Tobacco in certain places, especially down south, is very easy. So that's why they were growing tobacco. It's an easy product to do and to sell and to whatever. But they made smoking cool. Somehow. Still can't figure that one out, but they made smoking cool. I was watching the original Ocean's Eleven last week with, um, you know, the with the Rat Pack. Not not the best movie. The premise is interesting, but not the best movie. The amount of smoking in that movie is unbelievable. This was like 1960. Every single fucking person is smoking in that movie. Every single one of them. Somehow, they managed to convince the American public that smoking was this uh, debonair thing that smart, tough individuals did. Meanwhile, it was killing all of them. So, look, again, there are zero redeeming qualities to smoking. And then when you say something like that, you get, oh, Dave, you wouldn't know what it's like. Well, yeah, no shit. Because for all of the dumb crap that I've done with my life, I was still smart enough to never smoke. Ever. So going back to yesterday, last night, I wake up in the middle of the night. I slept like shit. But I wake up in the middle of the night and all I could smell was cigarette smoke because apparently it was in my hair and then on the pillow. It, I wanted to fucking puke. And look, I love my wife to death, but the fact that she smokes is borderline depressing to me. It's her only quality that is not uh, wonderful, is that the fact that she smokes. I hate it. I really fucking hate it. I've expressed this to her numerous times. Hopefully a public shaming will help. I'm not counting on it, but... I can't stand them. Can't stand cigarettes. Can't stand smokers. Can't stand cigarette smoke. Fucking hate it. Hate, 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 hate. Of all the gripes that I've had on this program, this is probably top of the list by miles. I smoke a cigar every now and again, but I'm not inhaling the cigar. I know it's not good for me. But I don't smoke... A ton of them. I'll maybe smoke two a week, tops. And I know once the winter rolls around, when I'm not golfing, that number is going to go down to maybe two a month. 
Weed, smoke all the fucking weed you want. You want to know why? Because it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Get you high, that's it. Done. Make you hungry. Make you tired. Make you paranoid. But it's, it only lasts a little while, and it's not going to fucking kill you. You're not getting lung cancer from fucking weed. Smoke up. Gripe number two, conspiracy theories. This one's hot in the streets. I'm not going to talk about the specific one because it, it just sickens me to even discuss these people. But I'm not, saying that this, I'm not saying anything of any substance that hasn't been said here before or said anywhere before. Uh, if you happen to believe in the more ridiculous ones, for example, that Dr. Fauci created uh, the, the, the COVID-19 virus in a lab and then sent it to China, or how certain people are setting fires in Oregon, or even that Donald Trump is somehow going to save the country from a pedophilia ring. Uh, please just tell me how. Give me the how. That's it. And then if you can, if you can uh, succinctly lay out how, well then, I'll, then I'll believe you. The problem is you can't because there's literally no way. For any of those things to be to be true, because the the number of layers involved is staggering. Let's start with the first one, right? The Dr. Fauci created the virus in a lab. You know how many people would have to be involved in order to make that happen? Let's let's be conservative and just say hundreds. And when I say involved, I mean like know that he was doing it, know that he went to China, know that he came back from China. The people in China would have to then receive him and whatever. It's not plausible by any stretch of the imagination. Here's a test, right? You've heard of the telephone game, okay? You start with the cow is purple, something that small, and you line up 50 people. Let's not let's not say the cow is purple. Let's say uh, the cow is rest. The purple cow is resting in a green field of yellow flowers. By the time it gets to the end of that line, all those colors are going to be mixed up, and the entire thing might be laid out differently because the number of layers involved is too much. It's too vast in order for that to actually uh, uh, come to fruition. Any sort of rational thinker is going to realize that this is not how this shit goes. I just I don't have the time for the amount of shitty theories that float around the internet because almost none of them are true. And I say almost, it's 99.9. And sure, occasionally there may be, uh, might turn out to be some nugget, minuscule amount of truth involved in any of these things. Now, if you're going to take that minuscule amount and hold on to it with both hands for dear life, well, that's on you. Life is way too short to fucking do that. But the vast majority of these things just, uh, it, it's almost as if it's used to fill time. And use the energy of people who seem to want to have an answer for literally everything. 
in anything, which you're not going to get. You're not going to have an answer for everything in life. It's impossible. It is impossible. But the larger problem for those of us bright enough to smell bullshit is that sometimes people that you know or respect or even love may believe something that's outlandishly dumb. There are just far too many people right now that just love to think that they, that they know, that they really know what's really going on. Like they have some kind of secret decoder ring that'll spell out all the answers for them. And listen, I'm here for the hilarity when the time comes that most of them figure out that it's just robbed them of the precious time that they have left here on Earth. And that the answer, quote-unquote, was just an ad for Ovaltine. As I said, I don't have a third gripe today. Uh, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and I'm annoyed. Um, mainly I was just too stupid to keep notes this weekend and came in today's show uh, ill-prepared as usual. So seeing as we're moving in a couple weeks, this episode is going to mark the end of season one of the program. Uh, season two of the show, I'm hoping to kick that off on October the 5th, which is a few weeks out. Um, I have to fucking buckle down and get this place boxed and bagged and everything else and make sure that everything is organized because I'm, I'm losing my mind uh, more and more by the day. Uh, I wasted Saturday as much fun as I had and much as I enjoyed my time with my friends and the Banshee, as I uh, mentioned earlier, I wasted a whole day. And then yesterday we wasted a whole day as well. So <clears throat> hopefully I can take the next couple of weeks and get everything kind of squared away uh, and done. But uh, and then also hopefully I'll have my shit together by the 5th so that I can actually sit down and and, and uh, record a show that you don't ultimately care about. Um, and then maybe I'll be better organized uh, and, and have a show with some kind of focus. Maybe I'll even have a job by then. Who knows? Unlikely, but we'll see. Um, I do want to put the call out again uh, to all three of you that are listening. Uh, if, if you or anyone that you know uh, would like to... To, to be on the show to talk about anything. Is there something that you're passionate about? Is there something that you're involved with? Anything at all. Literally anything. Uh, let's talk. I'm, I've mentioned this before, but I'm, I'm hoping to get folks on the show with some kind of knowledge on any kind of topic. Anything that's going to generate, um, you know, not, not interest. That's not really what I'm looking for, but something that... You know, I I will learn something, and that then I can then share with a potential audience to learn. Uh, if there's something that you'd like to hear about that you think is underrepresented among uh, the literally hundreds of thousands of other podcasts on Earth, let's talk. Given that I I have like four listeners, I had thought about putting together a best of show as a wrap up to the first season, but. I'm guessing those four listeners have already uh, heard the mildly interesting shit, so who knows? I don't know. We'll see. really depends on how much I get done in terms of packing the house in the next 10 days. 
um, to see how much time I have to devote to the show. But, uh, I mean, look, I'd love to have more listeners because I enjoy doing the show. I enjoy this. This is fun for me for the most part. Uh, but, you know, it, it's my own fault, given the nature of the podcast game here and the fact that this show is about two things. One, me, an incredibly unimportant and average person. And two, nothing. It makes it tough to build any traction. But again, that's it's my fault. So now, as I'd said before, the whole first season, you know, the more and more I look at it, it's to sort of uh, get get a flow Get, get some stuff on tape. On tape. Listen to me. <laughs> uh, a starting point. This is the soil for which the plants will be built upon. Plants will be beautiful. Uh, uh, other episodes of the show. But I'll keep working on it, though, because I, like I said, I do enjoy the process, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but that's it. Um, thank you so much for listening, as always. I do appreciate it. Uh, I apologize for the for the end there where it was just me groveling. Uh, it's it's sad, really. It's sad, and again, I, I am tired, tired and annoyed this morning for whatever reason. I don't know, but uh, that'll do it for the show. That'll do it for season one. I hope uh, you've enjoyed it a little bit, just a little. Not asking for a lot, just a little. And I hope you'll be back season two. Let's call it October 5th. Season two debut. Complaints and observations. Until then, please take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.